0: Hello, and welcome to episode 429 of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Gregory. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time this week to check out the podcast. I really do appreciate you being a listener. Also, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, head on up to DanielJGregory.com. Click on that register for the newsletter website link, and you'll get a free copy of my Seeing Silver ebook on working with black and white. And that'll also keep you up to date on all the workshops, gallery announcements, photo sales and news coming out of the gallery and studio. So really would appreciate you doing that. I have been asked a lot this past week in my classes that I'm teaching and in email about what I think of the new Photoshop beta, which includes their Firefly AI generative text layers, which allows you to actually go in, select parts of an image, and through some text prompts, you can actually get Photoshop to basically completely change the structure of the photograph through the use of some of their artificial intelligence. Pretty amazing. You can have a photograph change from summer to spring. You can change the content of a plate from being a turkey dinner to a lobster dinner. There's all sorts of amazing things the tool can do, and it's actually a pretty pretty cool tool. It's a free open public beta you can actually get by downloading from Adobe and getting to check it out. But with a few text prompts, you can now really change so easily The contents of an image. It actually makes Photoshop in some ways almost too easy, dare I say. Now, the question I get asked is, of course, always, what do I think about this? And I've talked about AI a few times on this podcast. To summarize those two things, one is I think AI generated imagery is something different than photography. It's not better, it's not worse, it's just something different. And it's something that we should celebrate as something different. Instead of saying that it actually is a photograph, we should call it something else because it is, in fact, something else. And I'm also not naive enough to believe that we've never not had manipulation in photography. From the selection of the camera lens, to the type of film, to the darkroom edits, we've always been sort of manipulating photographs. So we're sort of on the continuum of manipulation here. But today's podcast is not so much about this idea of whether or not we're for or against AI, whether or not we think AI is going to be a good or bad thing. The same time I was sort of answering questions about this in class, primarily how the tool works, Will I use it? Which, yes, in some cases I will use it. In other cases, no, I won't, which kind of brings us to the point of today's podcast. But I came across a quote by Diane Arbus, the amazing photographer Diane Arbus, that said, I really believe there are things nobody would see if I didn't photograph them. And this sort of leads me to today's topic, which is what is it about the way you take photographs? And what is the purpose of your photography? Because if the purpose of your photography is like Diane Arbus and it's to help other people see something that they would never have seen in the world, then you might have a different take on what we think of as constructive use or appropriate use of artificial intelligence in image creation. If you're a person who's about creating something that nobody's ever seen before, not necessarily that they're in the real world, but something nobody else has seen before, you might have a different take you have on artificial intelligence, and the use of digital illustration and digital imagery. And I don't think this is a new argument, by the way. I think we've had this argument since the manipulation of an image in the darkroom, going back forever. This is the same conversation we had when Photoshop was invented. The question becomes, how much change are you willing to put into a photograph? And what's an appropriate level for you? And I think that's what makes Diane's quote so interesting. And it also sort of reminds me of Dorothea Lange's quote about how I take photographs to learn to see the world. So we have learning to see from Dorothea and we have things nobody would see if we didn't photograph them. And to me, that's at the crux and at the heart of why photography is so interesting and what makes photography such a compelling medium to work with. It's not that I can go create the perfect image. I've been able to do a lot of work in Photoshop for a number of years and would allow me to craft an image in the exact purpose and intention and experience that I want. And I think there are times that that's appropriate in my own work process, and my own workflow. And I think that's a question you have to answer in your own, assuming you have the skills that are at the level you want to do some amazing things in the editing and alteration of images. But if your photography is about seeing and it's about having people experience the world in which they occupy and the things they walk by every day and they see over and over again, but they choose to ignore or they don't pay attention to And you're able to give them a moment of pause, a moment of reflection, a moment of connection to the present of the amazing things that are around them that nobody would see. Well, that's a different thing than going into an image and using some sort of manipulation tool of any kind and saying, I'm going to insert this, take this out. I'm going to alter this so that I can create what is basically the perfect image to reveal an artificial construct of what we believe is the perfect image in a way that invokes a emotion within us that is no longer bound by what we experienced behind the camera. And there is nothing wrong with that workflow. We'll work with that process and that creative practice. It's a different process, though, than sort of the documentary approach that a lot of people think about in their photography. One of the things I hear a lot in photographers is, oh, I'm out photographing what's in the world. I'm photographing my experience and what I see in the world. And so to take that step to come back and say, well, what I see and what I experience is in fact something completely different than what I saw and experienced requires a firm grasp, a firm understanding of who you are as a creative individual, as an artist, and what you actually see in the world. One of the things that fascinates me about creativity is somebody who goes out and then, say, is more of a surrealist or more of an abstract person. When I talk to my friends who are abstract painters, they literally see in the abstraction. They see the swirling mass of colors that was once a set of fall foliage on a set of trees as this swirling mass of color and structure. That's what they see. That's what they create. This is one of the interesting things about some of these tools that are allowing people in some ways to, for the first time in their lives, be easy creators of what they already see. But if the question is, are you going to go out and just use a tool because you can to create something that seems to be different? I think that's the question you have to answer in a way that is grounded in a deep, meaningful relationship to your work. Because I know in my work, part of that experience is, again, there is manipulation there, but it's about the experience of being out there, present in the moment, and what I see and feel and touch behind the camera. How is that experiencing happening for me so that I can hopefully translate that experience into something that somebody will look at and say, wow, out in street photography, out in landscape photography, there is something there that I would not have noticed before, I would not have seen before. That is, again, something for me in my workflow I'm having to grapple with. Well, what if I want to go in and change the time of year on one of my landscapes? What if I want to go in and artificially remove a set of aspen trees and put in a different type of tree there, which I could easily do now? And this is the big thing is that a lot of these tools are now making things very easy for us. That's the thing that the updates to Photoshop do. When I say Photoshop might be getting really easy, Photoshop is getting way easier with some of these new tools. And yes, it expands our creativity. Yes, it expands our reach. It expands our ability to achieve ultimately what we may visually want. But again, we have to go back and think about, is that for us what we should be doing? Not necessarily from a purely ethical standpoint, but from a pure intention of how do we experience our own creative process and our own creative practice. I know so for some of my friends and colleagues, this is a massive step forward. And again, helping them achieve a better sense of who they are. But for other people, I know this is going to be a struggle of, well, this is making things not what I want, not what I expect. One, there's no pressure to use that tool. You don't have to use any tool in your photography that you don't want to. You could just opt to say, I'm not going to use generative AI tools to create my imagery. At the same time, you could also look at the opportunity there that maybe there's some times when you are doing something that is within how you imagine the photograph and how you see the photograph and having an easier access to that allows you to complete that photograph in a meaningful way. But again, I think what matters, what becomes important to all of us is that we understand where that line and distinction is. Because if I go back to Diane's quote, if my goal is to help people see the world that they walk through every day and notice things they haven't noticed before, and in many ways to help me notice things I haven't noticed before, having that experience is not at all about the end result of how is the photograph generated, what camera was used, what lens was used. It's about giving the experience to somebody of something that they have not had before. It's not the search for the perfect image. It's not the search for the perfect composition. It's not the perfect structure. It's, again, about having them experience and see something they may not have seen and imagined that is bound by what they walk by in the everyday world. And I think that becomes more of the interesting question about Are we going to use generative AI moving forward? Are we going to use the extreme of what we've been talking about for 15 years now of computational photography versus chemical-based photography? We're now seeing the logical extension and continued extension of the power of the computational photography and the construction of images. But what does that mean for the way you see and the way you experience photographs? And I know for me, like I said... There's times where I absolutely would take advantage of those tools. And there's times that I absolutely wouldn't take advantage of those tools, depending on what I'm photographing. If I have my documentary hat on and I'm attempting to be more faithful and for whatever that means in terms of my recording of a town, a location, a portrait, I'm absolutely going to try to avoid things where the notion of a computational additive process to that photograph takes away from the experience of the record and the recording of that event. But in some ways, the more abstract work that I imagine doing, the more surreal work I imagine doing, the more sort of juxtapositional art I wanna create, for me in some ways is gonna become easier. And so again, knowing what that line is for the different types of photographs you do, ultimately is what I think drives that question. It's easy to start to think about how it's going to impact us, how it's going to change us, how it's going to replace things but the tools are out there and they're nothing more than tools. And we have an opportunity to decide how to use that tool. Just like the content aware tool, when it was added in that easily removes a telephone pole. Well, you could have removed the telephone pole with a clone stamp tool. You could have in the old days painted on your negative. You could have done a double exposure with a negative. There was a lot of things you could have done to remove a telephone pole before. It's just getting easier. And with that becomes certain questions we have to ask ourselves. So I would encourage you, as you think about the amazing new tools that are being released, as you think about some of those approaches, coming back to not what is the tool about, not what does the tool do, but how does that fundamentally shift or how does that fundamentally work with your own approach to your photography? Because again, if you're about creating images of the world, a la more documentary, or because like Diane Arbus, you believed you were showing somebody something that it, is in the world they would not have seen before. Maybe that tells you what you need to know about how much of these tools you're going to use. And at the same time, maybe what you're seeing in the world, you've never been able to successfully capture behind the lens of a camera because it's beyond what's capable of being captured by the lens of the camera. There's an opportunity there for you to now expand yourself, expand your vision into something more interesting and more creative for you that hopefully then translates into something more interesting for us when we look at those images. So anyway, it's an interesting time to be spending a lot of time thinking about sort of how these tools work with us, how we engage with these tools, and what we're going to ultimately do is it shifts some of our approaches to our technology and how we imagine our images being created. And again, I think for each of us, what matters most is not that we are all the same, but that each of us thinks about where that line is for us and how we will talk about our work and describe our work not as being better or worse than somebody else's, but as a component of the nature and way we see the world and interact with the world through our photography that becomes interesting in helping us be better at seeing ourselves and creating more meaning in our own work through how we achieve those goals based on all the approaches we take. I hope you have a wonderful week behind the camera. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. I really do appreciate all the moments you've given me over the last several years or If this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, the 15 minutes you've just listened to. So really do appreciate that. Again, my name is Daniel Gregory, and you've been listening to The Perceptive Photographer, episode 429. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you next time.